listening to Conversations in Atlantic Theory, a podcast dedicated to books and ideas generated from and about the Atlantic world. In collaboration with the Journal of French and Francophone Philosophy, these conversations explore the cultural, political, and philosophical traditions of the Atlantic world, ranging from European critical theory to the Black Atlantic to sites of indigenous resistance and self-articulation as well as the complex geography of thinking between traditions, inside traditions, and from positions of insurgency, critique, and counter-narrative. Today's discussion is with Dr. Lindsay B. Green-Sims, a professor of literature at American University, Washington, D.C., where she teaches classes on film and fiction from Africa and the Global South. In this conversation, we discuss her most recent book, Queer African Cinemas, published by Duke University Press in March 2022. Our conversation here examines films produced by and about queer Africans in the first two decades of the 21st century. So we're here with Dr. Green Sims today. Thank you for joining us. So before we get started into um, the book, I wanted to ask you about the origins of this project. So a sort of invitation to narrate us into the project and how you came to it. What sort of concerns, personal and ethical, philosophical, that drew you to the questions in queer African cinemas? Dr. Jerminski usually talks about how when you write a book. I haven't gotten that far (laughs) in my academic career yet, but um, kind of takes over your life. (laughs) So um, why this project and why now? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's, it's really a pleasure to, to get to, um, uh, talk about this book now that it is in the world. Um, so it's funny to ask like, why now? Because, um, (laughs) the origin of this book was like back in 2007. Um, so the now, well, you know, in in quotes, um, now, because it took me that long to write it. Um, but it, it actually started, I was working on a dissertation and my, my dissertation, which became my first book, um, is on car culture in West Africa. It's called post-colonial automobility. So a really different topic. Um, and I was in Ghana in 2000, either seven or eight, um, and I was doing research for the, for, for the book on, on car cultures. Um, I was in Ghana and I, I was, I was just kind of starting out to learn about, uh, the West African video film industry. It was, it was still pretty young at that point. Uh, and I met a filmmaker, uh, Socrates Sappho, uh, who, who was introduced to me by another scholar who I knew. And, uh, I, didn't have any particular questions for him, but I just really wanted to learn from him and learn about the industry. And I remember we're driving around Accra. He's got a a minivan and he's, he's a really prolific filmmaker. So he's really efficient. And, um, and apropos to my first book, uh, traffic in Accra is really, was, is really bad. So he's got a, he's actually got a, a, a little TV monitor and a VCR in his van so that he can work and edit and watch things when he's in, in traffic jams. Um, and so he decided, he, he asked me if I wanted to see, you know, one of the, one of the films that he made at this point, things weren't really streaming. Uh, so I wasn't familiar with his work and I said, sure. And so he just put in this film, 
um, that a that another anthropologist an anthropologist named Brigitte Meyer had written about. So he figured, oh, here's a Western scholar; she'll be interested in this film. But it was also in Ghana, one of his popular films, and it's called Women in Love. Um, and it, the remake was Jezebel, which is the the film that I write about in my first chapter. But Women in Love is a story about this woman who. Uh, wants to become wealthy, but doesn't know how. And so her friend says, okay, well, you know, I have this, this, this way for you. You have to, uh, you know, join this cult, like mommy water, this water spirit cult. Um, But the catch is, um, is that it's a, it's a lesbian cult and you can't ever sleep with men again, else you'll go mad. Um, So there's this whole, you know, this whole (laughs) film and I'm watching this in a car, in Accra, you know, with this filmmaker who I don't really know. And I have no clue how to talk about this film. My mind is blown. I know, like, I didn't know about Mommy Watch. Like, I wasn't, this wasn't my research area at all. I was like, oh, wow, like, this is really interesting. And I, you know, I asked him, you know, why he made it. And he, you know, he tells me, oh, well, this is a true, you know, based on a true story. And these are the, these are things that are happening. And I just kind of filed that away. I tucked it away. I I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, I came home from that trip with, um, we also went to, um, to a market and I bought a ton of um, films on VCDs at that time. So, um, and I was really just buying them based on their covers. Again, I was working on a different project, but um, as I was just watching a lot of of these films, um, m- more from Ghana than, I mean, more from Nigeria than Ghana, um, I kind of stumbled across um, more films with these queer subplots. And I didn't have the vocabulary to talk about them. I didn't know how to ask about them. Um, they weren't art films in the way that, you know, I understood queer cinema. They were they were operating on really different um in different frameworks. And so the project really started there with that kind of curiosity. How do I write about these? How do I talk about these? Um, I, I looked for scholarship on them and I couldn't find them. The one thing that I did find was a, uh, an article. I can't remember the, the, the newspaper, but it was a, it was an online newspaper and it was an article by Unoma Azua who, um, who's a, a, a fabulous um, mm-hmm. uh, and very, very productive queer writer who writes on, she, she's a poet. She's, a, she's written a memoir. She's, she's done scholarship. Um, and so I found this newspaper article um, by her that listed some other films. And then I actually wound up meeting her um, at a conference um, and we, um, <laughs> we decided to collaborate. We went to Nigeria together in 2010. Um, and so the original impulse for the book was to to start to write about these um, these films that hadn't been really well documented, that hadn't been studied, um, and to find uh, vocabularies and ways to talk about these films within an African context. In other words, I didn't want to just say, "Oh, look at these, you know, look at these films, and that they're doing this." And I we want I wanted to talk to filmmakers and figure out why they were making these films, and I wanted to talk to queer audiences and talk, figure out how they resonated. Um, we even went to the censors board in Abuja um, and talked to the censors. Um, and so I was really trying to figure out like how, how these, I didn't, I didn't want to just like put my own biases and opinions and Western queer theory wasn't really going to me to understand <laughs> these films. So that's where it started. Um, and then 
um, and it wasn't a book project for a while. It was, it was just an interest. It was a, you know, a curiosity. Um, and then more, more films came out. I, I started adding and then the question was, okay, how do I, how do I talk about, you know, and then there was, you know, art films from Senegal or um, Kenya and, and that were doing really different things. And so then the question was uh, a, an intellectual question about how do I put these really different types of films together in a book and make it coherent? And well, you did a good, it is, it is coherent. That is one thing that I, and I had a question for you, which, you know, we'll get to, I was like, how mm-hmm. did you even do these? <laughs> how did you put this together? But um that's what drew me to actually, you know, order the book in the first place. I was like, African queer theory. I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of language I've been looking for. And it's like you say, like, who can I go to to ask these questions? So you do really provide, um, you just provide queer theory within an African context, which is really important to remember while we do the work that we do to kind of remember the culture and the context. And, you know, while you were speaking about when you first, your impression when you first watched Women in, was it Women in Love? That's Mm -hmm. the name? Yeah, yeah. And I remember, so when you started writing the first couple of pages you write about when you first watched stories of our um, Mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. And I was like, well, I wonder, you speak about the scene, of course. Mm-hmm. What Do you remember the feeling you had <laughs> the first time you watched <laughs> Stories of Our Lives? So tell us a little bit about, you know, that. Sure. Yeah, um, that's an, it's an incredible, um, it's an incredible film. I watched it, um, we're, we're both, we're both uh, in D.C., um, though, though we're recording this, we're both, um, I watched it at a film festival um, in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. And um, the New African Film Festival, which is which has uh, been a great way um, for for me to encounter um, new African films. But um, yeah, it's the last film in the um, it's a it's a compilation of five different films, and it's the last vignette. Um, it's beautiful. It's uh, it's filmed in black and white, um, and um, and I think that was I I actually. Thinking, thinking back on that, I wasn't at that point writing a book on queer African cinemas, but I think that was maybe one of the moments when I realized that I could, um, that there were, that there was, you know, that there was, I mean, it was a question of volume, I think at first. Um, I don't, I don't think I had necessarily enough to write the book. Um, but each night I dream is, is, is a, is a beautiful, um, it's a, it's a beautiful short. It's about 10 minutes long. Um, about two women in their apartment in Nairobi in 2014, and they're watching this politician talk about, you know, gayism and how we, you know, people should, you, we should use citizens arrest. And they're, they're kind of contemplating like what, what they should do, you know, if, if things become violent, what should they do? Um, should they run? Um, should they fight? Um, should they, and there's, you know, then there's a couple kind of more fantastical sequences. Should they, you know, run away to this magical utopian island? Um, they they invoke this old um, Kikuyu myth about walking around a tree seven times backwards and switching your gender um, so that they could present as a straight couple. Um, and and so it, the, the film kind of, it, it has so much of what, I write about in the book. It has, you know, these moments of of fear and violence and vulnerability, but it also has these moments of imagining new freedoms, imagining new possibilities, 
Um, and then the, the, the end of it, it turns kind of otherworldly. They, uh, this, this voiceover comes on and they're talking about, um, you know, wanting to, wanting to stay and live in Kenya and wanting to make a life there. And it's really hopeful. Um, and one of the things that was interesting when I talked to the director, Jim Chuchu, um, this was the reason this, this final, this final vignette and the, the hopeful tone of it, um, is one of the reasons that it got censored in Kenya. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it's also to me really interesting because it's not just the, and I didn't know that obviously at the time when I first watched it, um, but it's, it, it, it's so tangled, right? There's the, you know, if it, if it had ended, you know, with a, with a moment of violence, then it would have been one, it wouldn't have been censored. And so there's, there's all these complications too about access, right? It's the, the, the more hopeful films, the ones that, um, have positive spins that tend to be the ones that are censored and therefore, you know, not as available to watch on the continent. So yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> it's a very, very multi-layered, but um, it's, it's, and it's, I mean, I, f I actually feel bad talking about this film because it's really, it's hard to find. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to access and, and get. Um, so I'm like, go watch it if you can find it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I know I tried to Google Canopy usually has a good source of, you know, finding these films that, are not exactly mainstream, mm -hmm. but once again, like you said, it's it's difficult to find. And you talk a lot about like the complexities of distribution and the politics yeah. of production of these films. Do you think that's the reason why there's more of a focus on like anglophone, you know, queer African cinemas versus francophone African cinemas? In in my you mean why there's more why why I focus more on English? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really actually a, a question of of volume. I mean, right now, um, Nigeria and South Africa are just like the biggest, like not not just queer African films, but they're the biggest producers in general of um, of filmic content, and so. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that that kind of like so so there's a chapter on Nigeria and a chapter on South Africa so that's and there's only four chapters so half the book um and so it's uh, there's 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 not too many I mean I write about Carmen Ye um uh there's just there's not as as much francophone content out there um mm -hmm. there's a great documentary from Cote d'Ivoire from the 90s called Wubi Sheri um I I decided to not focus as much on documentary, um, but I have an, I wrote an, I wrote an article on that in grad school, mm -hmm. um, which I don't totally remember. Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, there's a film called, called Cartier Mozart by um, Jean-Pierre Beccolo. I, it's not necessarily a, a queer film, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's gender bending. Um, and I've, I also, so I wrote an article on um, Cartier Mozart and, and Ruby Sherry, um, but in terms of you know more explicitly queer fictional film, um, it's really just a, a question of like of, of volume. Of volume, yeah, yeah, that's definitely. And I think my first introduction to queerness, um, which I want us to discuss that term and how you mm -hmm. use it, so we know how to properly, was seeing. I think it was in Amina Tasso Falls, one of her novels, mm -hmm. where. It was gender bending, and even Usman Semben in his films, yeah, he yeah. used so many characters that were 
I was like, oh, this is different. And it's mm-hmm. funny. No one said anything. <laughs> Even if I would watch it with family, there's, everyone was just like, oh, yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. who that person is. And I was like, oh, so we're not just going to talk about? <laughs> we're just not going to discuss? Um, but I really liked how you talked about how well how you use the term queer. So can you sp- speak to how you use the term and how it's seen as un-African? Mm-hmm. Um, because you are clearly articulate that queerness did not just show up in the 21st century. It existed in different forms. Sure, yeah. Um, so one of the things that I tried to do throughout the book and the process um, is as much as possible um, find queer African scholars um, to cite and to think through and to think about um, and and to be in dialogue and conversation with. Um, so the um, there's a couple people that um, I, I that I that I build off of when I when I'm thinking about the terminology. Um, and one uh, article or it's an, it's a compilation, but it's the intro in particular that I'm thinking of. Um, is the intro to a book called Reclaiming African um, by Zetu Matabeni and um, Jabu Pereira. And they talk about, um, they talk about queerness as, uh, as, a, as a critical space that opens up possibilities beyond, that pushes boundaries. I think they were sort of pushes boundaries beyond the normative. Um, so this idea is space clearing. Um, but they also talk about how um, how queer is it's 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 an imperfect term for sure, um, but how it allows in some ways um, for articulations of same sex intimacy, same sex desires beyond kind of um, beyond these Western identities like gay or lesbian or bisexual, because you know as as we know it's 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 not always admitted as we know um, there's been documented cases of of same sex desire same sex intimacy, um, you know, well before, you know, well before colonialism, they weren't necessarily labeled as such. And, you know, there wasn't necessarily something as, as concrete as a, as a gay identity. So queer is a flexible term and it, it's, it enables us to incorporate um, identities and practices that even though queer is a Western term, it, it, it it's, it's flexible in that it allows us to go beyond, I think, um, some of the more boxed in mm. identity labels that we tend to use. That being said, um, I, I want to acknowledge, and one of the people that I that I quote and that I think with and through sometimes um, is uh, a brilliant scholar, Serena Donkwa, um, and her book, Knowing Women, um, which is really also a book about how que- queerness as a word doesn't always really work. Um, and that it's oftentimes queer is kind of lumped in with gay and lesbian and bisexual mm-hmm. as um, Western identity categories that people who are um, involved in same-sex relationships don't always use or want or identify with. So I think it's important to acknowledge that. So the way that I use it is the way that I see a lot of scholars on the continent using it. And I, w- I also say too that like, as I was writing this book, more and more volumes came out that used the word queer, you know, collections. Um, and so I, I just saw it, I was, you know, it was, it was more and more and more that it was a term that was used. And I think it's used 
um, because of its flexibility um, and because of this idea that it can be uh, a critical space and a critical concept that moves beyond um, categories of, of normativity. So that's how I, that's how I use it, but also acknowledge that it's it is still imperfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I, you definitely mention it in the book as you use this term, building it in dialogue with how the continent uses it. So I think that was one of my takeaways from this book as you pull all these different pieces together, like this is how it's being used within this context. And I think another thing I appreciated was speaking to what we talked about, you know, at the the beginning and how you composed this book (laughs) for it to be coherent. (laughs) You placed, um, you used films that were homophobic and anti as well. Mm -hmm. So how did, you know, the using the homophobic films deep in your analysis or if it didn't <laughs> or you know like how was like were you were you like this is really frustrating <laughs> you know putting these two together this is not working or <laughs> how do I mean you I think it? it's not I don't I think it's not good scholarship if there's not <laughs> some frustration involved in it um if there's not some challenge right I'm pretty um, sure your students are like oh I'm listening to this. <laughs> you know how how smooth your writing process was. <laughs> no it was definitely yeah it was definitely a challenge so, I mean, yeah, so the, the book actually started, I mean, I think this is kind of counterintuitive. It actually started with the films that would be, you know, that would be classified as, as, as homophobic. I mean, these are films um, in a, that, that have like basically three possible endings. When I say these films, I'm talking particularly about um, films, Nollywood films from Nigeria, um, and then, and, and a few of the of, of Ghanaian films, um, the pop, popular popular melodramas, um, they have you know three possible endings. One is that the um, queer character dies. Two is that the queer character um, gets saved. You know, uh, Christian salvation, born again. Um, uh, and three is that they wind up in prison. And so, you know, looking through these, and this is part of what I worked on with them. Um, with Unoma Zua, and this was back in 2010, so things have changed, but, um, uh, you know, looking back at these films, like, those were the only possible ways and, and endings, and I was giving conference presentations on these and talking about these films, and people kept saying to me, well, but yes, don't you, isn't there something also, you know, um, you know, kind of more transgressive or progressive that's that's going on here. Um, and of course, the answer is is yes. I mean, there is. It's something that's that's what in, that's what drew me to it in the first place was that um, you know I was being told even as we were doing this research, um, I was being told like, oh no, you know, Nigerians would never make a film about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, like, here's and I'm like, oh, how about that film? And they're like, oh yeah, that's a really great film. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wait, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's, I mean, just, just speaking about it and, and you can't deny, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way of um, marking the existence of, of queer people as well, even though these endings um, were homophobic and, and what I found in my research also really, you know, not just frustrating for me as a scholar, but more so and more importantly, frustrating for queer people um, mm-hmm. on the continent who were, you know, wa- wanting something better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
so thinking about these films um, and thinking about the fact that they are really actually doing complex cultural work. Like, I don't want to just say, oh, these are homophobic films. Let's let's ignore them and leave them out of this book on queer African cinema. To me, that didn't really make sense. To me, these films are doing really interesting things um, and deserve to be talked about and thought about. Um, and the you know, thinking, thinking about through thinking through resistance, which is kind of one of the, one of the ways that I um, put these films together. There's a lot of different types of resistance at work in these films. Um, And so, and then, and then as I, as I discovered, there's a, as an organization, um, the Initiative for Equal Rights in Nigeria that have, you know, has, has starting in 2016 uh, started to make some really interesting, um, films that are, I mean, in Nigeria, they're called gay rights films. I don't think that in a Western context, they would be considered gay rights films, mm-hmm. but they're films that treat gay characters really sympathetically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really points to the moral problem as homophobia rather than as, as homosexuality, but they do so in really interesting ways. Um, I talk about how they use the tactics of negotiation and I, um, uh, I borrow on, um, Nigerian feminist concepts of nego feminism, the negotiating, yes, right? um, and yeah, and they're films that they're not just you know. I I, you I remember. Me. I think because when I stumbled across, I think through my for my masters, and I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely under the con. It was under the context of like third world feminism, mm-hmm. more so African feminism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yes, this is a term I've seen <laughs> used in my day to day, which, you know, once again, that's why these, the culture matters. You can't just like set it aside. So it's yeah. interesting to like know how that can still lend over to queer theory. Yeah, totally. I mean, these, and then, then tears and the filmmakers that are working, they, they, they use Nollywood stars. Mm-hmm. They use Nollywood aesthetics. They, they have red carpet affairs, right? Um, and they're really, they're not making films for Western audiences. Um, they're, they're building off of what Nollywood has done, but trying to kind of turn some of the moral codes on their heads in order to um, have films that people can discuss and talk about in a local context. And so that also became really fascinating and interesting to me to to think about, um, you know, how how Nigerian filmmakers themselves were playing with um, some of these things, Mm -hmm. some of these concepts. And it's like all these different audiences that they have to either create for or tend to. So you have the Mm -hmm. international audience and then you have the local audience and then even the local audiences it's you have the like a it's like a counter public that you talk about right. which mm-hmm. I really um yeah I mean we always talk about publics but then there's the counter public mm-hmm. so what do you do with that and I think this leads me to think about well when you said um about the three different endings mm-hmm. which are all it's like yeah but they're there isn't that progressive it's like yeah but you're you're just removing hope (laughs) which is you know who wants to watch that on screen and then be like oh yeah let's just continue on with our lives it removes hope which is something that the arts does for people in a time of like crisis and needs people look to the arts yeah so how is your conversation with you know um I guess when you spoke to the censorship department because you know? <laughs> I was like so they're just okay like removing hope from people's lives like no we don't need to do that how is that 
Yeah, I mean, this conversation was back in in, in 2010, but um, also, yeah, whatever I mean, you can remember. I yeah. mean, the pandemic well, you, was I mean, like five years, so just- <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't go in and say, you know, I'm a researcher studying that, you know. Um, so it is more con- conversational. Um, but yeah, I mean, they not only are they okay with, and so just just to be clear for um for people that haven't read the book. Um, because there's so many different types. That's why I, I use the word cinemas. There's so many different types. So what 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 I've been talking about in terms of the three endings are um, are Nollywood films, so Nigerian films that are made for a local audience. And these are films that were made. The films that I talk about, let, let's say like 2000 to like 2016, about. Um, so that's the that's the time frame. So I'm talking about a specific set of films, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, and yes, I mean, that, that is the point is that they, they don't want to make homosexuality something that is uh, appealing or, you know, or something that people that they, they want to say, okay, if you do this, there are social repercussions that this is on, you know, this is not Nigerian. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did watch a film with them. This is, this is for the article that I was working on with, um, with, but we watched a film um, called Mr. Ibu and Kazaya. And they were like, you know, they would point to a scene between two of them and they're like, they're enjoying it too much. Um, <laughs> and we were just kind of laughing. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, they were super nice people at the sense they were very friendly. They bought us Fanta and, 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 and so, yeah, and we chatted and watched films. And um, so, but they, they're, they see their job as preserving Nigerian culture. Um, and this is something that is opposed to Nigerian culture in their mind. And so, um, and so you can, you can show it, you can talk about it, but then you have to, um, you have to show the, the moral and social repercussions mm-hmm. um, of engaging in, in homosexuality or queerness in, in these films. So what, what was there, I guess, when you had these discussions with them, what was a lot of this based on their, the concert, the preservation of the culture? Was it I know most of it's probably based on religion, <laughs> but I, I wonder, you know, what else, or was there a different dimension of this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, we didn't, we didn't quite get it to that, but I mean, it's the same, it's the, it's the same rhetoric that you see across mm. the, across the continent. Um, and, and this is, you know, Francophone or Anglophone, Christian or Muslim, um, that um, this, this kind of idea that, uh, homosexuality is un-African, that it was mm. brought by the West um, and that it's, it's corruptive. Um, so that's the, I mean, that's the, uh, you know, that's the, the, the official, the official word. Of course, it's, it's, it's much more complicated than mm-hmm. that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Nigeria, you have, you know, uh, President um, Jonathan signing the same sex marriage prohibition act. And, and it was widely seen to be as, something that you know he did for you know for for political attention because he wasn't able to do much about you know Boko Haram in the north and he was getting you know it was like it was an election year um and so you know it, it's it's complicated and layered but um but the the uh yeah i mean the the and that, and that's why in some ways the the nollywood films is that that i'm talking about that that don't have the hope of, endings you know they also like 
they do kind of say like, oh, it's un-African, then like, why are all these people then, you know, but like, it can't be un-African and also Africans doing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, <also laughs> one could go on and on, I think. It's, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I mean, to those listening, it's like, we're literally just pausing. <laughs> it's like, do you not see what's happening within the same sentence? Um, but, you know, you do speak about that and how you really do clearly articulate this argument, which I appreciated for us to understand the complexities of resistance in queer African cinemas. We need to look beyond the text and focus on the politics of production, like you just mentioned. Um, so how, when you were looking at the politics of production to, you know, it, obviously affected how these um films were created Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think i mean i've 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 actually spoken not not directly about that but i I think in in many ways already spoken on that that for me i wanted to think about why certain films were being made Mm -hmm. um what was and 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 not that the intention of the filmmaker is the final word um but what was happening in terms of um uh censorship or, um, you know, or self-censorship to think about. So I didn't want to just kind of wrench the films out of their context and and talk about them. I mean, I do predominantly read them as texts. That's my, I'm a film and and literary scholar. I'm not an ethnographer or an anthropologist. And so, you know, I I am like the the bulk of the book is reading these films. um, And yet I wanted my readings to be informed by what was happening in terms of um, who was making the films, why were they were making the films, who who's watching the films, uh, how are they circulating? So I wanted to be thinking of all these things as well as thinking about these films as, you know, autonomous texts. Mm-hmm. The other argument that you make that I'm, you know, I'm hoping you can expand on is how queer African cinemas articulate forms of resistance, you know, that, cannot be understood through narrow understandings, which we may all be. Um, Well, if we're not queer, if we're non-queer, we're like, oh, we may not see that as resistance, but in Mm -hmm. their shoes, it is resistance. So how does your project or what are the forms of resistance that, you know, these films point Mm -hmm. to for all of us to see like, oh yes, that is a resistance and we should expand the framework of how we all look at resistance and I think the more we look into either these stories that come out, we see different forms of expression that should be talked mm-hmm. about more and that should be counted. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really, I was really trying to think about resistance as not just being something, you know, that was, you know, uh, marching in the streets and out and loud, or, or, or um, even, you know, even, you know. Uh, resistant, like even just like an experimental film that was like resistance in terms of like form, but resistance as happening in also in, in multiple and subtle ways. And so we've been talking about Nollywood, I'll just, I'll use one example there. Um, but this idea of negotiation, you know, I think making a film that's maybe not, you know, super, you know, super out and gay and queer, but that is intended to dialogue with the local community and help point out some of the repercussions of homophobia. Um, it was, I mean, these films are, are quiet and they're, and they're subtle and they're meant to have to be conversation starters. Um, they're not meant to be 
you know, they're not, I'm talking about the, the films that the, um, that tears makes in, um, in Nigeria, they've made mm-hmm. about four, I think. I mean, these were not films that were intended to be like loud and disruptive. They were tending, intending to, to, to be able to have, to have, for people to be able to have conversations and people meaning, you know, straight people. So that's, I mean, so thinking about negotiation as a form of resistance or thinking about um, p- perhaps many listeners will have, have seen um, the film Rafiki. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking about the moment on the rooftop where um, Kenna and Ziki, the two protagonists, two young girls, um, they just, they talk about, you know, they said, you know, let's make a promise to, you know, to be real, to never, you know, never to be like, you know, them and and them being, you know, the people that live these kind of very like, you know, heteronormative um, and in their minds, boring lives. But mm-hmm. just this idea of like dreaming and imagining um, that that like brief discussion, that brief moment. I mean, to me, and it was a moving moment for a lot of people. To mm-hmm. me, um, that's that's a form of resistance. Um, so those are two, you know, two examples, um, you know, negotiation or, or dreaming um, uh, or I, I don't, there's there's a lot more. But, you know, those are those are moments where I wanted to to put that into our vocabulary of what we think of as, as potentially resistant um, or films that <laughs> this, is, this gets into the complicated um complicated part of my theory that I that's myself get, get I mean, you wouldn't be a scholar if it wasn't complicated <laughs> right well you know I mean actually to, to to be frank like I I mean one of the one of the things that I want from this book is is to also to for it to be accessible mm-hmm. um and so that was one of you know as I was writing that was one of the the struggles like okay I obviously want it to be like you know thoughtful and provocative and 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 theoretical in many senses, but I don't, you know, I want it, I want people to be able to understand it as well. But um, so I also, um, you know, I also talk about resistance as, as being, it's not just something transgressive, right? It's not just, um, I mean, the, I, I, when I think about resistance, I also think about it um, kind of building off like the psychoanalytical Mm. definition, which is like when you, when you say something, um, you know, to somebody and they, their, their conscious like blocks it out. Like they resist what you're saying. Right. Like, um, and, and so resistance in terms of like, not, not letting things through or resistance, you know, just really colloquially, even like resistance to, um, to gay rights, right. Resistance to the fact that queerness can exist and that it can be, you know, healthy and productive and beautiful. So there's also, I mean, some of the South African films are really fascinating too, because I think they, they really play with, with both forms. Um, one film that I'm thinking of in particular um, uh, is a very difficult film to watch, but um, uh, you know, cinematically like a, a, a just a, a fabulous, a fabulous cinematic accomplishment is, um, is Oliver Hermanus's Schoonhead, um, which is about a, closeted you know queer Afrikaner man um and it definitely is a critique of um you know white masculinity in South Africa um and this this character is not a good he's not a good character um he's homophobic he's racist um and so there's a way in which this particular character is resisting any sort of hopeful or progressive narratives as well, even though he himself is, is queer or engages in queer practices, he would probably not define himself as, 
as queer. So there's um, that film is really is also very complicated where it's 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 you know, it, it uses a, a, a very unsympathetic um, character to to um, to think about what's happening in South Africa in a post apartheid South Africa. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess this makes me think about when you talk about the um, registers of resistance. So, you know, as, a, as opposed to it just simply meaning, or resistance simply meaning um, opposition to power, right. you kind of offer this alternative or just probably just not responding to it, <laughs> you know, just the, like that blocking that we do. So is is that kind of what you meant when you were speaking about the registers of resistance? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I use the term registers of resistance to think about all the, the multiple meanings of, of the way that resistance can register or make sense. Um, so like the first one is, um, you know, these films, which, which we talked about, like these films, like register the fact that like register African queerness in a moment where it's been, you know, it's, it's being denied. Right. Um, so the, the films register it and the book registers these films. So that's like the first meaning. And the second meaning, I may be going out of order, um, <laughs> um, but there, but it doesn't matter. I mean, they're all kind of like the second meaning is this kind of, um, uh, you know, like. Well, actually, in the book, the second, I think the sec, the, the 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 second way I use it in the book, I think I am going in order now, is the this idea of like to register, like thinking about like the like what registers like sonically, like the, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is audible. Yeah. And so, so mm-hmm. to thinking about like these quieter moments, so like negotiation, like I already mentioned, or again, like this, you know, this, this moment of where Ken and Zeke are on the rooftop and they're, you know, and it's a very, it's actually a very quiet moment in a film that's really actually pulsing um, with, with amazing music and sound. <laughs> um, and so it's a very quiet moment. So kind of listening to these like below the threshold or quiet moments or moments of interiority, interiority, um, and then the third way is what I was talking about, where it's, you know, resistance, you can, you can resist, you can resist power and you can resist, you know, um, oppression, but um, power can also resist you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Power can also resist your claim for rights or freedom. Um, and, um, and so you have these kind of like, you know, um, op- contradictory ways that resistance um, can, can mean. And, and then the fourth way is thinking about the ways that the film, that the films are registered to different audiences. So thinking about um, the films, you know, being watched in different contexts and making sense for different people in different ways. And that's a way, another way of, of, of saying like, okay, I can read this text in this particular way, but that doesn't mean that that's how this audience member is going to read it. So, you know, somebody might say, oh, that's a really, you know, like the Nollywood films that that you and I are calling like homophobic. I had seen on bulletin boards, people saying like, that's a gay rights film. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, or so, like you said, that's like a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I try not to use I mean, that's, that's Yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> Well, that would be another a conversation. <laughs> and I guess in your closing med- meditations, you talk about, um, first of all, I love the title, Holding Space and Saving mm-hmm. Joy. So thank you for <laughs> allowing hope to live on. So you use this phrase, critical resilience. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us about, there's a lot of R's in this, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, thank, thanks. Um, that, that chapter, I think, 
I think was my favorite one to write. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah, So the, the term critical resilience. So, um, you know, resilience is, is a word that is, um, is used a lot um, to kind of mark strength and bouncing back um, and our ability to, to weather storms. I, I, you know, I was, I was struck as I, as I was doing the edits and revisions and it was all, all during, um, during COVID, uh, I, I was struck by how often I heard the term resilience. Um, and I, I, I do cringe a little bit when I hear it, um, because it, it's often used in this sort of, um, very neoliberal way, like, you know, the prop, you know, like, you know, good job. Like you, you weathered this like aw- awful destructive system. That's like meant to like grind you down, but you're resilient. <laughs> and I mean, that's true. Like there's like, there's yeah. part of it, like, like, um, that's kind of like a pat on the back for weathering um, a strange society. I'm trying to use right. words, that, <laughs> you right. know, a, a yeah. society that's just, um, you know, I just destructive psychologically, emotionally, and it's yeah. like, yeah, good job for surviving that. You shouldn't have to actually, right? right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean, actually, as I've been talking about, I've, a lot of I've I've had several several people say, oh, you know what, that's a, that's actually a term that is used to describe black women a lot, um, uh, globally. Right. Um, and, uh, and somebody once said to me, you know, it, it has always bothered me because it's like, um, like the, like the, the problem is the system. <laughs> and then, you know, resilience says that the solution is the individual. Mm-hmm. So I tried to, but at the same time, right? Um, at the same time, you know, going back to the to 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 our, the beginning of our discussion, where I I heard the you 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 know I was talking about hearing the word queer used a lot more on the continent. I do hear the word resilience used on the continent, um, in a, in a sort of proud way, in a way that that makes people, um, you know, queer. I'm talking about in particular the, the queer community saying like, yeah, I've like, I can handle, like I can handle what you're putting down because I'm strong and uh, I love myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I don't want to dismiss it totally. And so I came up with this term, hopefully, hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll resonate, but to, to try and think about a form of resilience that makes space for vulnerabilities mm-hmm. um, that, that understands, um, you know, that it's, that resilience isn't just about, you know, bouncing back and, and braving the storm um, uh, and accepting the system, that resilience can be about, about also about, um, you know, about survival, about, um, about, you know, using vulnerability, using woundedness, um, holding, holding space. I mean, to, to go back to the title of the chapter, holding space for these, like, you know, these, these kind of like, mm, and, like violent moments, these awful moments, but also holding space for, for joy um, and, and to be able to, to incorporate that, that both. So um, yeah, I think it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a term that I, that I hope will, I hope people will, will, will start to, I mean, I'm not the only person that I've, I've cited many scholars, like I'm the, the critiques of resilience as neoliberalism. <laughs> that's not, that's, you know, I'm, I'm building off of many other people who have written about this, but I also didn't want to throw it away, throw the term away. Um, so I tried to think about something that understood these critiques, um, but also understood the importance of, 
um, that inner strength. Mm-hmm. And it, it is inner strength about mm-hmm. from literally how you open the book to the char- to the women in stories of our lives to throughout the book. It's I'm reading and I'm like, wow, it must the that takes so much heart to continue mm-hmm. to to want to persevere forward in hopes of better days, even mm-hmm. if you have all these different things being shut down or saying, oh, well, you know, this is kind of how it is. How long can you be resilient, you know? Right. And how it'd be like, yeah, just uh, just mm-hmm. keep weathering it. It's so having this flip on the term, it's, mm-hmm. um, well, this other side of, well, also holding the space for vulnerability and that violence, because it does have an effect on, you know, especially the queer communities, it's not something to just easily say, yes, just be resilient and be strong and move forward. Right, right. So it's, um, I really appreciated that. Thanks. So Thanks. it's, <laughs> well, so while you were writing this book, um, I don't know if you had like a specific audience in mind. I know you mentioned you wanted it to be accessible what were some of the things or ideas that you wanted readers to take away from your work? Oh, um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think, I, I guess a couple of things. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that, that final chapter, the critical res- resilience to me, uh, it was, I, I hope that that's the one that, that, that gets quoted, you know, I hope, I mean, I mean, I, not that, not that the other chapters, you know, I, I mean, I, it's like, it's like, my, they're all my children. I love them all. Um, um, but you're my favorite secretly. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, I mean, I think the ability to, um, the ability, I, I guess, I mean, in terms of the, I, I hope it's going to be read by by people outside of, of academia, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so I hope that, you know, at the very, very minimum, I hope that it's a, it's a, like, you know, like, like many of the films that they're conversation starters. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to have the ultimate reading on these films. I think that there's going to be a lot more discussion of these films. Um, but it, I think it's a conversation starter. And I, I mean, I hope that people disagree with me. I hope that there's debate. I hope that people are like, oh, like she said that. And that was like a total misreading. And then I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's really interesting. So, you know, I hope there's, there's that. Um, and I, but I also hope that it encourages people to, um, to embrace complications, mm-hmm. um, right. To not, um, one of the things that, that, you know, that we've been talking about, um, this whole time is, you know, there's a lot of contradictions. There's a lot of messiness. It's, it's, it's not easy to, to kind of like put things in categories. And, and I certainly, I didn't, as much as I, I really, really, really firmly believe there should be positive representations of queerness. I didn't want to write a book that was like, this is good. This is bad. This is good. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, like when you, when we end the recording, I can tell you like, <laughs> um, but but I but I think from an intellectual point of view, I, I wanted to be able to to kind of delve into the messiness and to delve into the complexity um, and um, to see where there was space for um, as you know as you said hope. Um, I I use the phrase um, uh, a Sean Crawley's face otherwise possibilities. Um, the ways where, you know, I, I wanted to mark spaces where things can emerge, new things can emerge, new, beautiful, um, powerful, hopeful things can emerge. So there's that. But again, you know, 
to do that without understanding the the violence, um, I think, would be dishonest. And what about you? Or did when you finished writing this, where did this book leave you? <laughs> to a nap. <laughs> it led you directly to. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, that that's a hard one because I had been working on it in in different ways for for so long. Um, I mean, to same thing to the, the same thing in a, in a sense, like um, to to embrace the messiness, embrace the complications. Um, and to think about how, as I as I move forward as as a scholar, or even just as a, as a scholar and as a, as a as a teacher, um, because I, I think um, I mean the the book and, and research and writing always informs my pedagogy and how mm-hmm. I think about teaching and, and 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 to kind of be able to sit with these complications and and again you know not just like put things into categories of of good or bad. Um, which isn't to say that there shouldn't be good, right? Um, but but to to kind of um, use that that sensibility to to think um, about the different ways that texts can act, um, and yeah. So I guess I guess the same, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that's the fun thing about writing a book; like it's it's out in the world now, and I think. Um, you have I, no I, control with what anybody no does. With. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see, but I I do hope that people build on it, and as I said, disagree with it, and um, or maybe you know pick up something that I hadn't intended and take it in a totally different direction. Um, so I think that there's a lot a lot more scholarship to be done. There's so many amazing young scholars right now um, that are that are working on that are working in queer African studies um, and I do I mean I hope that this goes beyond a- African studies as a field mm-hmm. sometimes that's not always the case um, mm-hmm. in African studies sometimes these film th- these books um, stay siloed unfortunately but I, I hope that it'll um, that it'll break out of that um, that African studies shell because I think that these are conversations that um, that we should be having about um, about film, about artistic practices, about queerness, about ethics, about resistance. I think it, it the, the implications, and I'm that's why I'm excited to see where other people take it, mm-hmm. right? So I, 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 you know, I want somebody who's working on, I don't know, Indonesian performance art. I don't know why that came to my mind, right? Um, to like, you know, you know, work with it, or you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear the the ways that it, um, that it, that it kind of lands in the. There's always a thread somewhere, so yeah. that's, that's what yeah. I always believe. Is there anything um, new that you're working on? It's okay too if you're not. So just no <laughs> I know we're in a in a culture yeah. of like production, so feel free to be like, actually, no. Yeah, no. I am my cat. So. <laughs> I am. I'm doing a lot of reading like right now, and I've got a bunch of ideas, and maybe they're different ideas, maybe they're different books, and maybe they're one book. Um, but I, I'm, you know, it like, so the, the productive academic way to say is that I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm searching for my new archive. Um, the, the, what I, what, you know, the social is I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I've been thinking about this for so long, um, that it, that it's now like, it's fun to be like, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to read around mm. like, and I, I write about literature as well, and and so I've I've got such a backlog of novels, um, and I mean partially queer, queer African writing, but just like in in general, 
Um, so I've got some ideas, but I'm really, I, I, I'm going to just spend a lot of time reading and, and thinking through what makes sense. And, and through that reading, you know, perhaps we'll come up with a, a, a new archive um, or, or not. <laughs> and if not, I mean, you're left with some good stories. So exactly. you're not really losing. Thank yeah. you so much, Dr. Um, Green Sims. We really appreciate it. And you know, feel free to join us back again with so much. a new project or not. It's really But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we really pre- appreciate having this um, project out into the world. And whether it's for African studies and it's just, or just, like you said, for all. But so many connections can be made. Um, but I'm just really happy that I found this and you responded. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been great. Thanks.